In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, who gives us this year to give thanks for His gifts. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, the church is kind of odd in that we celebrate New Year's Eve on today. That today is kind of the liturgical New Year's Eve. It's the end of our church year. And when we gather back together again on next Sunday, we will be celebrating a whole new church year. And it's going to be different in many different ways. Uh, This year we heard a lot from the Gospel of Mark. You're not going to hear quite as much from Mark next year because each one of those years has a, a kind of dominant gospel reading text. And so um, this year we looked at Mark. The next year we're going to be taking a look at the gospel according to Luke. And the year after that we're going to be taking a look at Matthew. And it's a three-year cycle, and so John gets relegated to all of the church holidays Um, uh, because we're just not quite so sure about John. Um, But that's going to be different. In addition to that, uh, these banners I mentioned before are going to be different. We're going to be doing another annual focus here. And uh, so since these banners are going to be gone, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, what we hoped that they would mean to you. And and that is um, uh, basically this whole year we've been using Ephesians 2. 9 through 10 as, or 8 through 10 rather, as our, um, as the way that we're looking at this entire year. And so as we take a look at all of the readings that we've seen this year, all of the different things, we've been kind of trying to understand them in in and through the lens of having this gift of God. Having this gift that is not ours because of our works, but rather it is ours because God wanted to gift us. And the way in which God gifted us, we learn from the Ephesians text, is that he made us alive again. Because we were dead in our trespasses and sins, and what he did was he made us an alive people all over again. And the the way that he displays that is that he says, you are now alive and you are my workmanship. And so uh, one of the the sermons that I preached when uh, we were talking about this originally was I talked about how God doesn't really create us anew as zombies. Because that's what we think of in our culture today when we think, okay, somebody was dead and now they're alive and yet they're still kind of, well, dead. I, you know, if it was up to you and you had the choice of being uh, just dead or being a zombie, you'd probably choose dead. And so we're, we're not quite sure where, where God is going with this because we don't want to be zombies. But God has said, no, you're not a zombie. You are my workmanship. That what he has done in making us alive all over again is that he has made us not a zombie, which is a lesser version of ourselves, but that he has made us a better version of ourselves, that he has made us his workmanship, that he has actually tinkered with our bodies and our souls, and that he has made us into a people of his kingdom. And so as we receive that in his word and in his sacrament, as he's continually making us new, he charges us 
to go and to live in this world as his workmanship. And uh, that's where the second phrase there comes in, giving ourselves as gifts. Because uh, what we recognize is that when we are God's gifted people, when God has gifted us with this new life, that he doesn't want us to just kind of sit there and twiddle our thumbs because that would be sort of like what a zombie does. And rather, he says, go out and be fully alive. Go out and be fully alive. And here's how you be fully alive. You give yourself as a gift. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that you wrap yourself up in wrapping paper and put a bow on and all of that stuff. But it just basically means that you go out into this world and you be you. You do what you do. Because all, a lot of the time, we think that it means so much more than that. We, it, we think that it means that we have to give up our jobs in order to go out and, and to do different things and to become a missionary in Africa and to do all of that stuff. And if that's who you are, then that's what you do. But there's a lot of us in here that are students currently, and if you said, I'm going to give up and I'm going to go to Africa, well, that's maybe not the best choice for you at this very moment in time. And others of you that are involved in all sorts of other professions, if you're a teacher or if you work in an office or if you sell stuff or if you tell people what to do, all of those things are the way in which you are a gift to other people. And so you have all of these things, and all of these things are called vocations. And they're not jobs. They're vocations. Here's the difference. A job is something that you do, and you show up, and you clock in, and uh, from that, then all you're expecting out of that transaction is, well, I get a paycheck. Or maybe I even don't get a paycheck, or I don't get the paycheck that I want. That's a job. A vocation, rather, is a calling. And sometimes we are disappointed with our vocations. Because here's the thing. You don't get to call yourself. Yet you, you get to be called. It's a passive thing. And so you can prepare yourself for what you're hoping, you want people to call you. And so if you are really into the death of turkeys, you can decide, well, what I want to do is I want to own a turkey farm, which will eventually kill all these turkeys and have all of these turkeys show up on people's Thanksgiving tables. You can prepare for that. But until somebody says, this is your job, you can't do that. And some of us have jobs that have very strict rules about who can do that job or not. Some of us have to go to school for a very long time in order to get the credentials, in order to be called something. And even then, some of us, when we go through all of those credentials, are still not called that thing that we want. And some of us get vocations that we're not sure that we want those vocations. There are certainly times that we're not sure that we want those vocations. Uh, Liz and I are learning in our vocations, our new vocations as parents. Well, at times, you don't always want to be called mommy or daddy. 
would be really nice to be like, oh, we can just go out and not have to worry about this little human being. But we are called that. And for those of you that are married, sometimes you don't want to be called husband or you don't want to be called wife. Because that means certain things about your functioning. It means that you have to give of yourself as a gift. And sometimes we're selfish. We don't want to. We don't want to be God's workmanship. Because God's workmanship means that we have to go out there and we have to be a gift. Oh, so frustrating. And so what we do instead is we try to turn our vocations around so that they're just kind of simply self-serving vocations that are then jobs. But God calls us to vocations. And vocations are all about being a gift. No matter what it is that you do throughout your week, God wants that to be a vocation for you. If that means that you are delivering the mail, then he wants that to be a vocation for you. He wants that to be something that you take as, well, this is what I'm doing. This is how I'm a gift to other people. It's by delivering all of this mail. It's by delivering all of this stuff in my big brown UPS truck, which that guy is a gift. He makes me happy because he brings stuff, and it's, you know, it's, it's awesome. And whoever you are, there's somebody or some buddies in your life that when you're operating as a vocation, no matter what that is and no matter what that used to be and and now is, when you operate in your vocation, you're operating in a way that is gifting other people. And God has set that stuff up for a reason. It's... He's set that stuff up basically so that at the end of the world, when Christ comes in all of his glory, that we will get together and that that will be a moment when we are celebrating like it's New Year's Eve. That we will be celebrating the fact that God has done all of this great stuff in our lives and that this year is now over and now we're looking forward into the next year and how great that year is going to be. And so um, if you remember the last time that the ball dropped and you were watching it on TV, because if you're lame like me, you're at home and that's what you're doing. what What you'll see a lot of times is you'll see this kind of montage You'll see all of this stuff that happened, and and some of it is going to be good stuff, and some of it is going to be maybe not so good stuff. Definitely this year, all of the France shootings and Kenya and Beirut and all of that stuff is going to be in there. But there's also going to be some other stuff in there. And, And here at University Lutheran, if we were to think about what our montage would be, it would be a pretty interesting thing. If you just think about what has happened here, there's some sad stuff for sure. There is some sad stuff like Arlen Schwerin passed away. We had his funeral, and, and that was sad for us, even though it was a gain for him because he is now without pain. And then there's some other stuff that is just amazing. Like uh, we've, we've had a, a couple of healings here that have been just kind of miraculous if you think about it. And so we're looking at all of that montage just for this year and think about what a montage of all of human history was 
is going to look like. And that's what we'll be celebrating in this kind of New Year's Eve celebration at the very end of time. Which, have you ever wondered why we celebrate in Times Square with a ball dropping? Well, here's why. It fits really well. Uh, What happened was uh, the New York Times, the newspaper, decided that they needed to move buildings. And uh, when they moved buildings, they bought a building, uh, a 25-story skyscraper right there uh, in the middle of Times Square, which at the time was called Long Acre Square, kind of boring and stupid. And, and so they, they had this square that their big building was in, and they, they were, you know, kind of looking as newspaper, do, newspaper people do at the whole thing as kind of an opportunity to um, do some advertising and do some other stuff. And, and they were saying to the government officials in New York City, they were saying, hey, can we rename the square Times Square? Because, well, we're here now. And the people of the government of New York said, no. You can't do that, Um, even though that's now what every uh, major league sports arena is. They said, no, no, can't do that. And so the Times decided, well, we're going to do something about that, and we are going to throw the biggest party for New Year's Eve that anybody has ever seen. And after this, everybody will just call it Times Square because we're here and we threw this big party. And this was 1904, and so they had a lot of competition. The World's Fair was happening in St. Louis. They knew they had to do it up big, and they did. And one of the biggest parts of that was they had this huge fireworks display that continued on until 1907, and then after that, uh, New York City decided that they said, no more fireworks, things are burning down. And that's when they got that big ball that drops. But that's a picture of what God is doing with his church. That's a picture of what God is doing with the vocations that are here in this room. What he's doing is he's putting on this great party. He is having us be his workmanship in this place. And he's saying... This should have been called my square. This should have been called my earth. But you gave it a name that just suits your sinfulness. But let's change the name. Let's change the name by just doing great stuff. Let's change the name by having this fireworks display of all of these people with their individual vocations. Let's change the name by baptizing them and forgiving their sins so that they're set free in order to do those things so they they don't have to worry about themselves anymore, but they can just worry about other people so that they can actually be my workmanship and not worry about boasting about themselves, but just receive everything as a gift and give everything as a gift. Wouldn't that be an amazing celebration? Well, by God's grace, that's the celebration we're looking forward to when he returns. When the entire world, hopefully, 
is able to look at Christ's church and to say, look at how well they followed their king. Look at this celebration that they enacted. And we don't get big heads about that, but we just say, it was amazing being a part of this experience. It was great to be the person who lit the fireworks. But I understand that I am a part of just something that is so much bigger than myself. And that's something is my king who is bringing his kingdom to earth. One forgiven sin at a time. One renewed vocation at a time. Amen.